forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppy seconds. Oh, Diva. Hi, you sloppy, you stupid little fucks, you dumb little fucks, you horny little fucks. Welcome to episode three of our quarantine series. I'm losing my mind. Please welcome yourselves to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper. Please people. welcome yourselves. Welcome everyone. yourselves, because I wait, won't wait, do wait, it wait. for you. I didn't know we were doing a quarantine series. I, I just was made just it moving. up right now because I'm losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And we're losing the internet connection. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, no. Mine is unstable. Yeah, it's talking about your mental state. <laughs> Truly. Well, our internet uh, has the been laugh you around. hear is our diva and good friend, Miss Vivian Forevermore. That is me. I am Vivian welcome, Forevermore. Welcome to the pod. Are you just going to talk on top of me the whole time, Dipper? <gasps> Drag her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can say that because we've known each other for years. Yeah, we have. And yes, I will. I like to bulldoze. That's the vibe of this podcast. You listen, you know. (laughs) Oh, I know. I love, I am super honored to be on this podcast and really nice to see Meatball's face while she does that introduction. Well, well, you were, you were a guest when we had our old show, when we did a live show, you were a guest. (laughs) I was, I feel, but (laughs) it didn't, I feel like my performance didn't go well. That was my, that's what I walked away with. I feel yeah, like that I, whole night didn't really go well. So agreed, I don't agreed. think it was on you. Yeah. People were sitting, right? Like, People were sitting Yeah, we down. had a seated audience, and that's never a good thing. And then we went from, like, talking to just having a drag show, which yeah. also never goes well. It's yeah. weird. You need to, like, have a real theater experience when you're doing that. It's a hard thing yeah. to manage. Yeah. The thing that I remembered about that number, did you do a Barbara Streisand song? I think I did because it was, you made it like Judaica themed. <laughs> well, it was Hanukkah. It was a Hanukkah show. <laughs> and we did do a Hanukkah live show. So I, I did Barbara Streisand. I think I, my drag mother has this cape that has like a whole menorah on the back of it. And so I picked this song based on this menorah cape and then we couldn't find it. <laughs> so then I was like, <laughs> well, Barbara Streisand is a Jew. Sure. Like, let's just but go. The, <laughs> but didn't you also, didn't the dress you wear, first of all, I love that you wear sneakers. Thank you. Drag. Thank you. Uh, it's trailblazing and iconic. <laughs> Wait, was and I wearing sneakers back then? Yes. You wore sneakers and you also, the dress you <laughs> The dress had, had the body all built into it. Yeah. And did I strip out of it or was I just keep it the whole time? You just kept you it on kept the whole it the time. whole time. Oh, because now I do many numbers where I hide like a whole other woman beneath that. And then I just take it off and it comes off rather quickly. Yeah. How, okay. When did you first decide to do that? Because honey, I'm starting to think about stealing it. The, <laughs> the dress with the pads in it. I will tell yeah. you, I was just, before we got on air, I was telling you about Mr. David designing clothes for the women here in San Francisco right. with Varla Jean Merman, your previous guest. And he made a, a dress for someone that had the body in it. And I was like, are you, you can just do that. And it was this gorgeous, it like had the body in it and was kind of see-through. It was also lingerie. And I, for years, just bugged him for it. And eventually he acquiesced and I got what I wanted. Oh, my. So do you, are you building them or you're having people manufacture them? <laughs> I have one. So there's not them, but Glam- yeah. Mr. David made it. And she's oh, okay. You know David Glamamore? Yes, I do. Drag okay. royalty. Drag what's the do- royalty. What's the documentary called? Which one? There's, I don't think there's a documentary about her. Isn't uh your friend Jay? Oh, Jay H. Fridus is writing a book about her. Oh, a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's the Mr. It. Jay. I don't, yeah. I don't read. So. Yeah. Well, it's hopefully someday. That's deep. So what's going on in San Francisco right now? How is everyone <laughs> dealing with being stuck inside? How are you dealing? Because you're a co-owner or a co-op owner of a bar, The Stud. Oh, my God. The famous ball. Stud. You have done some research. I'm reading an outline. <laughs> I was like, Meatball cares about me? But um, I actually did know that because I go to the stud all the time. Anytime I'm in I San know. Francisco. It's I know. It's a great time. It's great because a lot of people who I like admire from afar or are drag people that I'm like super into usually end up at the stud. Um, how is it going and what are people doing? People are hopping on the internet so fast. Like, like, like they've been on meth for three days and it's the only dick in the room. How's that? 
Wow. What does that mean? Like, like going live? They're going live. Yeah, people are like jumping on Twitch really fast. Cash Monet, who you can find at drag, uh, excuse me, twitch.tv backslash Cash Monet Drag, who's been producing content for a while um, with a friend of ours, Mama Celeste, for a thing called Trish or Trish TV. They've been doing videos forever, which is great. And so Cash Monet has, she lives with two other queens and they have live shows every day. And then, um, wow, every day in drag. Well, they're doing different things, it's not just drag shows. Like, one of them, God's Little Princess, teaches ballroom dancing, and so they do a ballroom dance lesson on Mondays, I think, and a show at night. And like, they just have different things happening, like the makeup tutorial or whatever. But every day, they're doing something, um, because they all make their money from jobs that don't like teaching dance classes or giving giving tours or whatever. Um, But then, um, so yeah, people are really getting into the online stuff. The stud is, you know, we're a bar who's closed. It's fucking sucks. I can say fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want. Fuck! So we touched a dick on here once. Oh, I was listening to that while in Ireland with a fever, not Corona. And it was so good and so weird. Very awkward. So strange. Yeah, I wish we had been like a little more loosey goosey when that happened. It's, Um, but you never know what you're gonna like. It was our first time seeing something like that. It was, I think it would be different if either of us had like fucked him prior because then we would have been like more comfortable with like his nudity in the room. But like, it felt like really, it felt like it felt, um, I guess bleep it. Because we were like, now take your pants off. Now can we lift your balls up? Like, it just felt like a power play. It didn't sound like it. It just sounded meta. But when I said it was awkward, I was not reading you. I loved it. And especially that his voice was pitched. It was just like, it was like a David Lynch episode or something. Like, you know, it was just like so (laughs) fucking weird and awkward. Oh, uh, side note, I have fisted someone Yes, I know this. You you fisted someone before I fisted someone because you told me about when you were in Bergheim, uh, Bergheim in Berlin and you were like on some like big, you were at some big sex party and you were just punching buttholes. I was almost at Bergheim. I was in Zurich and I was at a place called Rage, which is a weird name. Oh, Rage. Come on, Rage. I know, I know Rage in West Hollywood. <laughs> and this dude on Growler was, had been up for 48 hours because it was this crazy Easter holiday party somewhere. And then he like picked me up in his Lamborghini and drove me to Rage. And then I followed anyone like because then you all the sex supplies were at the bar so you had to go to the bar to get condoms or gloves what are condoms to get condoms or gloves and <laughs> whenever someone went to get gloves i'd be like i'll be right back and i would just follow them into the room and just be like can i watch for a while um fisting is so funny and so weird so weird it's so weird it it's seems insane to me that the human body can do that it's, it can be normal after well john mayer it, what john mayer does he fist? Get fisted. Your body is a wonderland. wonderland. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus. No, it's just also the weird thing of like looking down at your arm and seeing that your hand is gone inside of... It's just like a weird magic trick. It's such a head trip. And I feel like when you're outside of it, you're like, that's insane. Absolutely. Like, like you're like, you're like, why would you ever want to put your hand in a butt? Why does a butt want to like be filled up by a hand? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like the moment you do it, you're just like... Oh, like this is fun and this is weirdly sexy and not gross. And then like they're really enjoying it. And you're like, well, you you know, like it's weird how like on one side of it, it feels like fully insane. And then once you do it on the other side of it, you're like, "Um, this is great. It can also still be very gross. I haven't done it enough for it to be. I. It's a How podcast. Much, here's the question that everyone needs to know. And I'm yes. sorry that this episode is about fisting. We had some other things that we were going to talk about. We'll go back. What? How often are we dealing with poop? You know, I know that they clean out and there's like a lot of like not eating and getting ready for it. But like, it was got to run into some sort look, of. I am not, a, I'm not a pro like dipper. Like I did it a few times. I think it's fun and weird. And like, I'm not, I don't seek it out as much as when someone's like, I'm into fisting. I'm like, okay, I can. And I have not encountered poop. I just have not. I have. (laughs) And it sucks, but you also cannot be upset. I mean, when you're touching butts, there's going to be poops. 
Does the stud ever get nasty? What's like the yeah? What's the nastiest? Because you like basically own and run the stud. What is like some of the nastiest stuff that you've caught people doing while you've been working there? Yeah, sure. Do you want me to tell the stud history? Or do you want to go straight to the nasty stuff? Because I'm well. How many well, people are in the co-op? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is important. The stud was born in 1966, which is Ooh. three years before the Stonewall riots, which is the we now celebrate Gay Pride as the anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Um, so it's been around for quite some time. It has always Seems been. Like you got a little beef with Stonewall. Yeah, I'm just like, mm-hmm. so. well, because in 1966 in San Francisco, we had the Compton's Cafeteria riots. Same right. year that the stud opened. Kind of a similar situation as Stonewall. It was just an all night diner. And it was lots of uh, trans people, drag queens, uh, like drug addicts, sex workers. Like it was a pretty like intense oh, I've never spot. never heard of this. Yeah, it's major, and it happened. And there was also, I think in 65, I'm probably wrong, there was a riot at a donut shop in L.A. So Stonewall is, like, the one that we talk about because yeah. it also fomented the, the the gay liberation movement or whatever. But and didn't they um, feature the Compton's Cafeteria uh, on the remake of Tales of the City? That is what I have heard. I haven't yeah. watched it. But there yeah, is a documentary on- about it called... Screaming Queens, I think. But Compton's was amazing. And actually, currently in San Francisco, we have the Compton's Transgender Cultural District. So a cultural district is a, a an area in the city that's recognized by City Hall as being significant and having a benefit to the city. And I believe that it then qualifies for like city benefits of some sort. And so we are the first trend have the first city in the country to have a transgender cultural district. And it's named oh, Compton's. Awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. And one of the people who co-founded the Compton's Transgender Cultural District is Honey Mahogany, who was on RuPaul's yes, Drag Race Season yes, 5. And she is also a Kona at the Stud Bar. So uh, Stud has been around since 1966. About three years ago, uh, it almost closed forever because the landlord sold the building to a new landlord and they tripled the rent uh, as a way to get the business out. And the previous right. owner had owned the business for 20 years. And he was like, he held a community meeting and he said, I just can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. He was a wonderful guy. He did so much for the community. And he was like, I, I can't save the stud right now. And then me and a few other people got together and we were like, let's form a cooperative. And we formed a 17 person cooperative. And three months later, we bought the stud, the business. And meanwhile, while we were buying the business and getting our capital, we were also negotiating with the landlords to lower the rent a little bit for us so that it would be reasonable. And then we've been there since then. We've been there for three years. And have you all successfully gotten it uh, like declared a landmark or like a historical? Wasn't there like a campaign to do that? We have gotten it declared a legacy business, which is a weird bit of legislation in San Francisco where if you're a business that's been around for 50 years or more, and there's like more qualifications than that, that's the base of it, you can become a legacy business and you have to apply and go through a hearing. And the legacy business legislation is very like carrot oriented. If you're a legacy business with a 10-year lease, your landlord could get paid by the city. And the idea is that the landlord gets paid and then they lower your rent. But no one's giving any businesses in San Francisco a 10-year lease. That's like a fucking unicorn right now. A business right. lease is like maxing out at like three years right now. So it's it's a good bit of legislation, but it's um, it doesn't do much unless your landlord's already kind of cooperating with you. Right. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto also there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long when my fridge is stocked with factor meals i'm like oh baby i don't have to think about this Mm -hmm. like It is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool 
that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is oh, yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. And so you currently now, uh, you guys are closed, but you do have a GoFundMe up for your bar staff, right? That is true. The stud is closed, and we have a GoFundMe. Our goal is twenty thousand dollars. I think we're at twelve or thirteen, and it's yeah. only for our staff. So it's the stud has seventeen owners, some of whom work in the bar, some who don't, and then we also have employees. So the GoFundMe will go to only people who work inside the bar. If there are owners or staff, some owners who work inside the bar are foregoing it. And uh, that money will be split amongst them and some calculation that I'm not, I'm not on that team. But so it'll just go to the staff to try to support them through this because I mean, when we reopen again, God willing, we want our staff to be there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we're doing. What's the, what's the GoFundMe called? Like what should people look up? GoFundMe.com backslash f as in frank i don't know why backslash stud bar i think you know what i'll re-record that when i really know what it is how's that sound no that's fine we'll we'll link it in the description and you can literally google gofundme and the stud the stud bar yeah yeah, the stud bar there's like a relief but that's all the boring ass shit i mean the stud's amazing we've been there for three years it's where i first met you is it have you ever performed there no not yet I remember yeah. the first time I saw you, Meatball, at the stud because I was on stage hosting my party club, something that doesn't exist anymore that I did with Glamamore and DJ Downey. And you were dressed as... Uh, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> I, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> all my friends were like, you, if you're in San Francisco, you have to go to the stud. And I had just finished doing a show with Caitlin Gill and Bobcat Goldway at some theater there. The I was like, well, I'm already in drags. Might as well head on over. It's so good. It's, I, got, I mean, I remember getting drunker there than I've ever been and then trying to figure out where my hotel was because I'm not from there. That's a common story of visitors to the stud. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. It's like the, I don't know. I, I've I, Before becoming an owner and being part of this co-op, I threw a party there for about eight or nine or 10 years. I don't know. Called Club Something. Um, and and before the it club was called club something it was on a monday even so i was there for longer and it's just been like a home for me like personally and for like so many people like i said when it opened it was not like all the leather bars in on Folsom Street. Uh, that's what was happening at that time. It was for hair fairies. So like hair fairies being like gay hippies and women. <laughs> hair fairies? Hair fairies. You guys don't know Meepaw. that term? For no. hair fairies. Meepaw Meepaw look- got the crazy term. No. That's what Meepaw looks like right now. That's fairy. a 1960s term, girl. Hair fairy. It's like a faggot with long hair because they're also a hippie. So the stud back then was not like all the bars around it. And also like Etta James performed there. Um, wow. Yeah. Before it moved, it's been, it's always had drag at it, but it moved in 83. And before that, it was like a lot of live music. So Sylvester performed there. There was all these weird performance art groups performing there. You make me feel. You know, I just watched that music video the other day. He does not look like he is feeling anything. He's dead in the eye. (laughs) 
You need to watch that video. It's bad. Okay, oh, continue. I know. I know. But do you think it's more that they were like standing in front of this camera and he was like, what? And then. But then he, when he pointed, he was like. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm giving it more life than it has. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't. She wasn't having the best day. <laughs> I cannot deal with you stroking that wig constantly. It's, Can I? It's literally when I wear a wig, it just it's like it feels good. Can I describe <laughs> it? Yeah. Okay. Meepa. Wait. Before you describe it, this is something you used to do on, on my favorite podcast, which is now no longer in existence. Oh, yeah. Which is called Calm Down Queen that you used to host with Sue Casa. Yes. There are, if you've never listened to it and you want to hear two people talk in a lovely way, go find it. It's called Calm Down Queen. Thank but you. you and Sue Casa would always not be in drag, but describe <laughs> head to toe what each other was wearing. Uh-huh. And it was always psychotic. It, well, it's because I was like... We're drag queens talking. Like, who cares about our voices? Like, usually we lip sync and we look good. And so we just did it. But I will tell you. Wait, did either of you ever look good? Just kidding. Uh, Girl, I had a friend. I had a friend, like, this past year, within the past 365 days, be like, hey, what do you think you look like in drag? And I was like, Ah! wait, no, it gets better. I was like, "Um, you know, like, a little bit of fashion, a little bit, like, mature, like, kind of classy, kind of experimental, which all of those things don't match. And then he was like, oh, you're... You don't you don't know what you look like. You're literally just a clown. And that was one of my best friends. And then I cried. Uh, I love when you wear that like silver mature lady wig. Yeah. Oh, no, I like the, the ones that are like tall and straight back. Oh, girl. Yeah. yeah I have like eight of those. Yeah. Those Wait, so describe like. Meatball's hair. Okay. Meatball is where has her hair today is a blonde textured to about the shoulder. It's like almost like a spiral curl that's been like pulled out a bit. Is that correct? Beach wave. Beach wave. Beach wave. And then it's blonde. It is like a nice, like lighter than honey, very warm blonde. And then it on top. It seems like if I went swimming in a pool, it would turn green. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's definitely a beachy hair. And then on top of that, she has on a gold showgirl like skull cap with gems and then there's a row of like turkey feathers and then a row gold like orange gold and then a row of ostrich feathers that are like more yellow oh and the turkey feathers are on wires that she can shape into different shapes right now it's a heart above her head oh no it's just a little uneven okay it's like she has fucked up bangs how does it (laughs) how does it feel to be so smart you're like very smart you're in grad school wait are you guys kidding no, no. You're, aren't you in grad school right now for like artistry? Choreography. Like, aren't you getting your MFA? Okay, so fuck off. I'm not getting an MFA. I'm getting an MA. But yes, I am in grad. Well, I'm, grad school's on a pause right now, of course. But okay. um, yeah, I'm in grad school getting an MA in choreography. That's incredible. What, it, what like drove you to want to do that? That's a good question. Because um, I was like, I'm out of school and I don't ever plan on going back. I don't want to do it. Totes. I. I've always been good at school. Like, it's something I did well as a kid. And then also, like, so my night job is bartending, being with the bar, and drag. And drag is, like, a halftime thing. And then, so I, like, do shows, and then I also produce a lot. Um, Then my day job is that I'm a performance artist. So I, (laughs) on the side, outside of doing drag, I, like, for about the past 10 years, have been making weird performance art choreography shows and weird like crossover mixed genre drag and dance shows and all this stuff so that's my day job and then I was like well how do I step up my pussy in that world and I just applied to some grad schools and I got into one in Amsterdam and it made sense because I wanted to like you know, there's more money for artists in Europe, or there was, yeah. and so... Yeah, you're very big in Europe, right? Mm, no, I'm big in Sweden, uh, which is a small country. Yeah, but go <laughs> off. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. It's a nation. Yeah. A nation in which you are big. I don't know if I'm big, but I, I know all the kids there, like all the cool kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I... It's funny, though, because when I travel to Europe for, like... Like, I have a someone I work with all the time in Stockholm, or often... I never bring drag with me, so most of them have never seen me do drag, actually. They've just seen me do, like, weird-ass dance stuff. Yeah. And my art is, like, the shows I make in Sweden are, like, kind of like, oh, what is wrong with you kind of stuff. You know, like, like recently a uh, a critic in Stockholm was writing about how, like, not a lot of people go see dance, and then she, like, described 
seeing my last show from Stockholm and overhearing someone leave the audience, leaving in the audience say, oh, um, never take me to a dance show again to your oh. friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. That's like when people go to a Dipper show. They're like, Ugh, never take me to a rap show again. They're like, white rap? rap show. <laughs> white rap. Yeah, you know, it, to find me on Spotify, you have to search the genre white rap. White rap. Oh, really? Is it white rap? Ooh, are you drinking iced tea, baby? I am. What are you drinking? I have um, coffee. I have old coffee. Oh, wait. Gross stuff at the stud. Okay. Nothing too gross here, but there was two guys. We had like oh, yeah, a, we didn't even get that. We had like a Pac-Man like arcade game right next to the bar for a while. Um, and Gays love an arcade game. They do, and it's kind of like a dead spot. Like we didn't know what to put there, so we put an arcade game. And um, there were two dudes fucking on it. Like one was leaning forward, like he was playing it, and another one was just fucking him. At, like I don't know, two thirty in the morning, like next to the bar, full light, the like most well lit part of the bar. And I had to be like, um, can you just? Um, don't do this next to, yeah just like well i can't condone sex at the bar but i can be like right. just don't do that here or um rachel our president of our co-op and the manager was we had a clogged sink in our bathroom and she it took her date she called a plumber she did the whole like thing it took like a week to figure out how to get whatever was in there and she finally macgyvered something out of a wire hanger and a bunch of other stuff like we snaked at everything and she pulled out um, anal beads with a drag earring wrapped around the end of them. Uh, no. <laughs> I shit you not. Undead. Most people were, weren't shitting in that clogged ass toilet. Oh, no, this was the sink. Who this was the sink. sink. Who tries to shove anal beads down a sink? With a fucking drag earring wrapped around. Like, I mean, it seems a little too on the nose. We also that have this. so funny. We have this really fun trough, you know, a peeing trough in one of our bathrooms. And it has yeah. a button of it that you press that makes it kind of flush, flush. or like dribble water. And um, often we'll have a party that draws many types of people. And sometimes those types of people are, I don't want to assume people's genders or sexualities, but they seem like straight women. And uh, they go in there and they think it's a large sink. And so they'll press the button and try to put their hands under the flow of water that's just basically on the porcelain. So they're like kind of rubbing the trough to get water for their hands. Enough that we had to put a sign above it that said, please don't wash your hands here. This is for urine. This this is for urine. I thought you were going to say something else because one time I went to the Eagle in L.A. and there was a man like laying down in the trough. Oh, girl. Yes, I've seen that in San Francisco too. It's so cool. Yeah, girl, everybody's got to say hi. Every, yeah, um, baby. Any way um, you can. What's your favorite uh, at-home snack that you've been snacking on, Viv? Hmm. You know what? I like a plantain chip. Ooh. I know that's like Ooh. boring as fuck, but I like a plantain chip. Do you like the, the ones one that are the... thicker or thinner? I like both. Trader Joe's has these like smashed ones that are like giant and really like flaky. I like those. And then there's little tiny ones that are also nice. I like them with a little hummus. Uh, controversial. I'll dip, dip them in some cottage cheese. That's very controversial. That, wait, why? Because cottage cheese doesn't have any flavor. Well, it depends. The full fat cottage cheese does have flavor. Correct. The low fat cottage cheese tastes like waxy water. Yeah. So but, is cottage cheese just like before it all gets to congeal? Um, I don't know, but sure, yeah. Why not? Like, is it like <laughs> midway through the cheesing process? No. Because like if cottage... you had left it for longer, it would become a block of cheese? Wait. I don't think so. Well, no, because cottage cheese is the cheese in the state where it's like where you've shaken it up, but you haven't gotten rid of the excess, like the whey. Right, so like if you so if you if, left it for longer, would it become a block of cheese? No, if you compressed down everything in there and got rid of the liquid, that thing would turn into a block of cheese. Okay, are you a cheesemonger? No, but I've made cheese before. What? Yeah. <laughs> made cheese? There was a cheese shop. There was a cheese shop in New York. I think it's still there called Beecher's. Uh, and you made Oprah's cheese. favorite, and they had a cheese making kit, and they actually still you are have it. so bougie. Did you? Yeah. How, what, what flavor <laughs> cheese did you make? I made a I made a mozzarella, and then I just made well, I made any other cheese besides like mozzarella. You have to age, and I wasn't about to like age cheese. 
Not in a New York apartment. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I already had too many rats. Meatball, do you have a, a final question here for Vivi? <sighs> oh, let me check the outline. You oh, know, this no, is... I thought you were just going to say you're going to Wait, there's question. so much pressure to be funny on this podcast. And I, it's, you know, it's kind of like. What do you like... mean? What it, the, we're never funny. Y'all no, we literally, s- when when we're done recording, we go like, we're horrible at this. Yeah. Like oh, every like, time. Bro. We like are listen you... to other podcasts and we're like, those podcasts are good. No, but y'all have such good personality. It's just like, it's like Dipper used to say this about Calm Down Queen. It's like hanging out. Like, I feel like I'm just hanging out with you two. And I'm yeah. like, well, oh, I did yeah. Calm Down Queen once. Dipper you did. did. Yeah, I've done it like oh. two or three times. I used Dipper, to write did in. Did you watch Dipper's performance? <laughs> did you watch Dipper's performance on the Digital Drags part three? Okay, what do you have to say, people? His song oh, called Flatten the Curve. I missed it. No, it's I didn't sh- do. I didn't do that on the digital you did drag show. I just put that on Instagram. I did Goddess and I did Digital Drag, but I also made this other song called Flatten the Curve with my friend TN, who okay. was a former I, guest on this podcast. I want to listen up. Wait, I have, I have a controversial question for you two. What? Okay. <sighs> Are y'all just wicked? sick of watching drag? On, like, I just... These it's drag, oh, oh, it's too much. These drag shows are four hours long. No, they're too long. Do you know what no, I do for four I'm hours? Fine. Nothing. I never, never do in my anything life. for four. And also, if I'm at a drag show that's longer than, like, I don't know, 70 minutes, I'm like, let's go buy that urinal and wash our hands. Like, it's not a... I don't stick around. Ah. Yeah, I was okay. praising... Here's the we, thing. Were, oh. we were praising T-Rex. Because she is like running her show in she Chicago. She runs it like a drag show. It's fast, Real it's time. loud, it's funny, it's very tight. It happens and it's done in an hour. And that I, is the attention span people have. Four hours, I don't. It's like watching War Horse, you know? <laughs> well, I was also saying to Vivi before you got on the call, Meatball. That, like, I really want people, like, I, I don't think it's okay that you call your friend who lives, you know, five minutes away to come over and hold the camera for you, even though they've been quarantining and you've been quarantining. I don't think you should be going to the store and getting a bunch of props. I no, think- it should be from what you have in your house, honey. You got to create it. Right. Does that and mean- if you don't have a green screen and you don't have a thing, then fucking sit in your closet and do a show. Like, what I was really proud about is that everything that I submitted for these online shows i had with what i had in the house yeah because like now people are going like oh well i have an opportunity to like perform and do a show so like i'm the exception and i can like go get my supplies and go do my whatever and it's like stay the fuck home that's why we're doing this hold on i made a puppet y'all finish talking i'm gonna go grab it and y'all tell me if it looks racist (laughs) if you have to ask no, but I mean, I'm with you. I'm all about. I'm also all about girls getting a little bit better equipment and stuff, and adapting in that way, and ordering like a sure. green screen. But drag has always been about you show up with what you got. You know, like I right. didn't buy a styled wig for like the first five years. It showed, but I turned it around backwards and it made it look different each time or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Let's see this. I, racist I, I mean, puppet. it's a definitely a, an interesting time, and not yeah. everybody is meant to be on the internet doing a lot of things. Do you know Wicked? Do you know Wicked? <laughs> There's really not an answer for that, is there? Have you but ever if seen you Wicked? know it, do you know it? I know two songs for Wicked from Which Wicked. One? I know Popular. Oh, because sure. obviously, because I'm a drag queen and so I had to do it, right? Like everybody, yes. every drag queen has done popular and they've all I dressed have. up their best friend or themselves. We've all seen In the green and then been like, just <sighs> sit there and look sad. Ugh. And then there's uh, what's the one the learning the grav uh, defying gravity one mm, because it's best epic. Of the show. Yeah, but no, I don't know Wicked. I just know the songs. Oh. Well, you well. know, maybe look it up. Maybe nobody's maybe perfect. You know what? I I own a bar. You know, I travel to Stockholm. I have whatever. But I don't know yourself. Wicked. <laughs> I read the book and she fucks the broom. So like Vivi, you just did drag alive on Twitch and it looked great. I, did do drag alive on Twitch. Thanks for mentioning it. I'm also doing a, an online thing because I want to keep the stud open while this. I want to pay our rent with this show. So that's what's yeah, happening right. for us. Yeah. We had like this show is produced by the stud for stud fans and far far away friends. And so yeah, we just had our first one. It was amazing. We had 700 yeah. people viewing, which I was yeah like which is 
not as much as some of these other shows, but like for a show produced mostly local queens for the stud bar, which while legendary and while people know about it, like it's still very like a local vibe. So yeah. That and felt how, good. what's your capacity like in, in, in the, the bar if you're having a show? Right. It's like three-ish, something like that. Sure. So this was like <laughs> much bigger and we had people stay throughout. And like, like we, this one was, was about two hours with an intermission and then we're going to keep that them under sense. two. We're going to keep them yeah. under two and each half is like its own mini show because I also, and then we have a DJ play like this past one. We need a more DJed and Shabana love a lot DJed and they went for like two hours after. And so people were actually sticking around and watching that and, and dancing in their apartments and sending us pictures. So yeah, like, like we want to keep that I just up. Love it. It's definitely changed the way things are and the way that things I think will be. I think there will be people like bitch. I think bitch Puddin is going to maybe not every week, but I think once we're out of quarantine, like she's talking about like this being a new platform that just continues to happen, which I think is like revolutionary and cool and like really interesting. And like with anything, there are growing pains and whatever. And like, we'll get used to certain things. I just like, I, I have like this, like, you know, like grown up person, mid thirties, like neurotic, thing where like i see some drag queen that i'm like girl you have all your friends with you and you went to the store like you actually need like you should you can perform in your home but you need to take the the fucking isolation and quarantine shit seriously as well flatten yes. the curve flatten the curve yeah. flatten the a- curve people you know i just went i know where you gotta get off and take a shower or whatever's <laughs> happening at your house but i just again went to the store the other day and i was like as i was driving out of here there's so many people that's like are walking in large groups or playing oh, really? basketball and are like out and i'm just like stop going out it's funny you bring up basketball because whenever i talk to someone who's like i keep seeing people they always talk about the basketball courts at the fucking parks they're like i walk by the park and people are well, playing because basketball. the entire park will be empty there's like no kids or anything but the basketball court is still yeah. or the tennis court yeah and Ugh. you're literally like you're passing a ball covered in germs between everyone true but i mean there's also like the at least like, go play soccer you... yeah okay sure yeah play soccer <laughs> I was like, we're allowed to go outside for exercise. Vivi, where can people find you on the internet? Thank you for asking that question. I am on Instagram at Vivian Forevermore with an underscore. Uh, Should I spell it? Yes. V-I-V-V-Y-A-N-N-E underscore Forevermore, which are the words forever and more squished together. And then our show is on Twitch. It's on twitch.tv backslash drag alive every Saturday, uh, 6.30 p.m. on Pacific Standard Time is like when the DJ starts and 7 p.m. is when the show starts. It's hosted by me and Jillian Narling. And we do a lot of like, if you're posting to us on Instagram or on Twitter, we like react to all of that, which has been the nicest part, actually. Like people are like saying shit to us. And I'm like, oh, it is kind of like getting heckled, which is one of my favorite parts. So I told you your wig looked nice. I I know. I didn't see that till today because I'm not the best at Twitter. But... You're like, tweet me right now. We'll respond to what you've got to say. I hopped yeah. on Twitter. I was like, your wig looks nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, and today no. I was like, oh, it does. <laughs> Days it, later. It did, but I'll get better at it. But we're also going to, this next one, we're going to have a, someone's going to be managing like our social media. So they'll be reacting and texting us and all this. So it's like the interactive part is actually like really vibrant with Drag Alive, which I didn't expect. And it really made up for some of that like missing in person thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can find me at Vivian Forevermore, Vivian underscore Forevermore. You can look at my website. It's vivvys.com, Vivi's. I just recently started a fan art page for one of my favorite people, Jillian Narling, because I was like, I'm sad in quarantine. So I just like hired three artists to do portraits of her. And now people are just like doing them. So that's cute. Wow. Yeah. I was like, nice. what could, what would make me happy? Must be nice to pay some artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dipper, I didn't pay them, you know, lots of money. <laughs> I paid them with drink tickets to my closed bar and like a few air kisses. Yeah. I'm like going to send my barber money for a haircut that he's going to give me in July. That's really cool idea. Yeah. Is this the end? Yeah, it we've seems made like it to we're the, at end. the end. I was just trying to think of like other th- nice things you could do for your artist friends. But I didn't I, even think that. I was like, I should commission some stuff. I yeah. love myself. Yeah, get some portraits done of yourself. Or you're, like the other part is because I got these portraits done, I could then like send it to Jillian and then she feels super good. And then there's yeah. my artists get paid. I don't know. I'm into that. 
that well, stuff. and it is the one thing that I think is really great about these drag shows is that there are a lot of people who are still employed. They're just being asked to work from home. They still have the same amount of income coming in. They're just not going out to the bar and giving a bartender a dollar or tipping a you know drag queen or whatever. But they still do have the money that would yeah. be part probably, of that economy. Yeah, they probably, and they probably have, have more, more money because they're, they're not, not yeah. spending it on alcohol and stuff. Exactly. Right. Traveling and lifts stuff. So it's like, why not, if you know that you have the expen- uh, 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 whatever income, just share it with me. Expendable. The spiciest meatball at Venmo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Viv. Thanks for having we should me. Come down. We should... We should come up to San Francisco and do a sloppy stud. We'll do a live show at the stud. At the stud. Oh my God, in a second. I need a bottle of champagne. Sure. Nothing but green M&Ms. Sure, absolutely. What else? Uh, Do you need a live tiger? We got some live tigers. Oh my God, yes. Or a snake. (laughs) I've always wanted to hold a snake. We can get you a snake. Whatever. We're, you know. Tiger King really made me afraid of all animals. Yeah, I feel you. (laughs) And meth. Did it make you scared of meth? Nope, made me want it more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll marry anyone. <laughs> oh my god! Right, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. I feel honored. I hope. Um, I hope that I entertained people enough, and I hope they check out the stud. Go to studsf.com. That's where you can find the stud. So much good Stata. stuff happening in San Francisco. I know. I, I wish I was trapped there. Mm, it's. <laughs> People are staying inside. Not everywhere, but yeah, it's a nice place to be trapped. I'll let you go now. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a break and we'll be right black. Okay, we're back. We're back. And Meatball. Yes. What? What are we doing here? What's okay, the now we're going to be answering some advice questions because Ooh. people sent them in and we got a lot. So I think maybe from now on we'll be doing a little bit of these at the end, a little bit of yeah. sex stories, a little bit of whatever. Like some shorter like. interviews and then like something fun, something different. Something for, new, maybe skits. Maybe for, maybe if you want to send us a, a three-minute uh, voicemail of you just dragging Dipper, that would, that could be fun. Because <laughs> Dipper, what did about... you do before we get to these? What'd you do for your birthday yesterday? You sad, lonely fuck. <clears throat> uh, I you worked drive in my over house. to your friend Lauren's house. No, I walk there. We live close to one another, oh. so I walk past her house every day. Um, I just worked from home. I like my parents called me. They had some candles stuck in a cookie that was like burning down. My mom called me and she was like. Oh no, is this not a FaceTime? And I was like, no, it's a phone call. And she was like, FaceTime me back. And I was like, you can FaceTime me. And then she FaceTimed me back and she was like, we're running out of time. And I was like, for what? They had lit the candles before they even called me. And then she like screwed up. They didn't think to blow it out first. So she, I saw this picture of like these like wax covered melted cookies. And she was like, happy birthday. I was like, oh, you made cookies. Um. Um, here's the thing about FaceTiming during quarantine that I'd like any of my friends who listen to this know. Don't FaceTime me without a pre-warning text. Oh, yeah. I will not answer. I am, one, always naked when I'm in my house. Two, (laughs) don't always look great during this quarantine. I need at least five minutes to powder up. Okay, so we were talking about the roast because a few years ago, Meatball had a roast for his... Why did you have the notes to the roast just ready? Because <laughs> um, I just cleaned out my desk and I found them. Uh, and so there were like a Oh, what of... if at the end of each episode we have to ro- like give one good roast to each other? Okay, I'd be into that. Well, then I'll save, the, I'll save this until... Uh, no, I mean, you should read them one, one of your good ones. <laughs> I was still trying uh, to remember my favorite one of that night. What? The my favorite roast from that night. Um, I think it was some, Tony Soto really went on on me being adopted. Yeah, and I have a I have a joke here. I think my roommate helped me write this joke. Um, you searched so hard for Dick, you think it was your birth mother? Oh, that one's good. 
That Speaking of your birth mother, I think me and her have a lot in common. We both want you out of our lives. And I <laughs> fucked your dad, too. But in all seriousness, <laughs> her... <laughs> That's a good one. That's the hardest it... I've <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, her mom has a great recipe for homemade meatball. Take a load you regret, wait nine months, and then give it to a white family. That's a good one. Do you remember these? I I, I vaguely that that one's a good one. Yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, okay. Now anyway. on to advice. Okay, so we pulled a couple emails here. Um, meatball, choose what you anything you okay. like. I'll read this one. Hi there, lovely lady and meatball. My question is a bit deep. My spouse of six and a half years realized he hates his job and he doesn't know what to do with his life. I let him vent and give me all the and I give him all the puss puss I can muster, but it doesn't help. Do either of you have any advice or stories on how you found your way in life? Did it take a long time or did you always know? Thanks so much. Love a fan from Canada. I mean. I, I, I. <laughs> I'm glad that she's given him all the puss puss because when someone's right? down, anything you can do to make them feel better is good. You got to be patient with him. But I don't know what to do. Like, what is if we? How did we find our path? Yeah, how did we find our way in life. Yeah, I guess technically mine was pretty late. I didn't start doing all this entertainment stuff until four or five years ago. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't you go to college with like the idea of like wanting to be an actor? Oh yeah. Oh, I guess my whole life. I guess I just always knew, and I always knew what I wanted. (laughs) And here I am. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the kind of thing where because what we're doing now has sort of turned into a really specific thing. It wasn't like when you were eight years old, you weren't like I'm gonna be a drag queen. No, I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't saying I was gonna be a drag queen, but I definitely sure as shit was like I'm gonna be a star. So, but you had a passion and an attraction to something from an early age, and then Attention it sort of from others. It sort of k- took its path to get you to where you are now, where you're wearing a wig in your house, <laughs> covered. It's in giving fat. me a headache. It's I'm really sure. In on my head. Um, and I have like a similar thing. Like when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to like be involved in like theater productions and that sort of thing. So I think it would be wild to sort of like be working at a job and then all of a sudden be like, um, I hate this. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I've I used to have a job that I hated, like and I just I feel like everyone hates their job. Like, I feel like I've never had a job where I've been like, oh, I fucking love this until I started, like, just doing um, my own stuff and working for myself pretty much. Right. So, like, I don't know what to say. Other Maybe than, take like, some classes. Giving him... But she's not adv- she's not asking for advice for herself or himself, their selves. She's asking for her husband. Yeah, for her husband. So, like, I don't know what he should do. Ta- yeah, get a hobby. <laughs> Take some classes. Start doing things that, like, you've Let- never done before. Like, figure out what you like. Like, fucking take a crochet class and see if you like sitting there and doing that. Or, like, computer control. or. Computer oh, yeah. Control. I forgot. Like, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I have, like, a little... I'm making a rug right now. I worked on that little sidebar. I, st- I got roller skates. You got to stay active. You just got to find a bunch of things and figure out which one you like to do the most or just have them all to do whenever you start getting bored. Right. But like, I don't know. Right now, I don't think anyone's just going to quit their job if they have one. Oh, yeah. Right now, it would be a future move. Um. Okay. So good luck. Maybe they have good classes in Canada. Yeah, wait a minute. Canada guy got nice shit going on. <laughs> Canada Have got nice drink. shit. Okay. Hi, Big D and Small Meat. Why Small Meat? Because I'm thinner than you, fatty. Oh, right, 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 right. My boyfriend has expressed to me numerous times that he's not interested slash won't entertain the idea of threesomes. As someone who has had multiple threesomes and enjoyed it, it disappoints me because I love being open with my sexuality. I'm not sure how to bring that 
uh, bring it up that I'd like to try it out, and I'm not sure how else I'm going to convince him to branch out. We have been monogamous for two and a half years now. Any advice? Signed, T. Um, if he ain't into it, he ain't into it. Leave. Leave the whole relationship? I mean, you can't... If someone doesn't want to have a threesome and they don't even want to entertain the idea of it and they seem pretty stuck hard and fast in it and then you make them do it and they don't like it, it's just going to be worse for you. Right. So I was thinking they've been monogamous for two and a half years. Is the... I, I guess the clarification I would need, does your boyfriend not like threesomes because he doesn't like three uh, people having sex together? Or does he not like threesomes because he doesn't want to share you? Because if he's like, I just think the math is weird and it's complicated and I prefer one-on-one, then you should talk about, well, if you want to have a threesome, maybe you want to open the relationship up to have oh. that three-way experience. And maybe maybe he's like, I'll open it up. I'll fuck one person one-on-one and you can fuck two guys in a threesome and then we'll both be happy. So I think there's a clarifying question that's needed here. Yes. Because if it's a jealousy thing, it's never going to happen. Right, exactly. Whether you open it or not. But talk yeah. about it first because don't go creeping. And yeah, what, don't go do mess. anything and then get caught and then make it worse. Just, you know, talk about it. Be open with each other. Two and a half years is a long time to be with someone. It really is. That's like a that's like a formative amount of time. Hi, big deeper and me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do that again from the top. First of all, I did that because it doesn't even start with big dude. It starts with my name, but I was like, Hi, wait, what's happening? Hi, Meatball and Big Dipper. I'm a trans dude who used to perform as a drag queen in my hometown 15 plus drag years King. ago. Hi, Big Dipper and Meatball. I'm a trans dude who used to perform as a drag king in my hometown 15 plus years ago. Doing drag helped me begin my gender transition once I moved to California. And I would like to get back into doing it. Doing any kind of gender performance. I am wondering if you have any advice on breaking into the drag community in a major city. Well, we can't do it right now. I'm a bit of an introvert in person, but very comfortable on stage. Cheers and love your show. Stop talking over your guests so much, you fuck. <laughs> Mr. Wi- well, here's the thing, Mr. Wizard. Good fucking luck. If good you were fucking doing luck. drag 15 years ago and you haven't done it for a while, good fucking luck. No, Next good fucking question. luck. All we will do is uh, <laughs> fucking talk over one another constantly. They said stop talking over your guests so much. Well, I'm saying you and I talk over each other. I talk over you all the time and I steamroll our guests. We all talk over each other. So here's the thing, Mr. Wizard. Here's how to get booked. Not have an attitude like that. Tell me how to run my show in my house. Listen up, Mr. Wizard. 15 years ago, honey, try to keep up. No, I think you need to start doing good shows. Hey, guess what? Right now, if you're listening to this right now, come up with the show in your house. Use the supplies you have around you. Make a little video. Get on like a live stream. Just make an Instagram live with you performing because people will see it right now. Yeah. Start sending it around to people. Try to get booked on a digital show. And then when the world opens up back much, you have to show face. Honestly, in order for right to now know is that the, you're there. Yeah, to know that you're there. So right now is the easiest time to get any attention in drag because it's an even playing field. It's the internet. If someone wants to see it, they'll see it. If you can get onto an, a drag show, like a, a digital drag show, do it because more people will see it. And if you're good, then they'll keep watching. But in real life, going out to drag shows and stuff, you just have to go out and drag and you have to say hello to everybody. You have to be nice. Everyone has to get to know you. Like, I know even if you're an introvert, the best thing to do for you if you're not comfortable talking to people and doing that is try to go to competitions. Yes. But also, even you don't, more it's so all about the performance. Because you if really you're an introvert, if you're an introvert right now, now's the best time. Make a video of yourself performing and share it. Because if yeah. people see that and they want to book you on their show, then you'll be booked and then you'll build a name for yourself remotely and digitally. Um, I do have a quick update from our guest. She just texted me. She said, so my roommate had poop on him from going outside. That's why he wanted to shower. Do not go outside. <laughs> No matter what we do, this it's show always, always reverts. Yeah, exactly. We're disgusting. All right. Um, your turn. 
Okay, I think this will be the last one for today. Okay. Is it which one? Um I think I will choose this bottom one all the way at the bottom. Please keep me anonymous. Thanks so much. Hello there, you two glorious angels of wisdom and knowledge. Please help me. So as a gay man in L.A. with not nearly enough sexual experience, I have a deep desire to be basically a messy, all-night-long super cum dump. But I also have a huge fear of catching everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this advice will be used after this nightmare coronavirus pandemic. But do you have any advice on how to get over my fear, get out there, and just let myself dive ass first to, into this gay fantasy? Should I be terrified of STIs? How can I fill this deep sexual fantasy and fully enjoy it without needing a full bottle of Xanax? Or should I just release Poppers. on this dream goal and let it go? And let it go. No, don't start Let that. it go. Also, I need him in I'm on with the sun and sky. Love you both heaps and heaps. And thank God you are both making this podcast to keep us all sane at home. Thanks. Thoughts? I think Frozen 3 should be called Elsa's Revenge. I think if this is like your, if this is what you want, I think all you have to do is find like a group of friends, just walk up to, go to precinct, walk up to a group of guys that are all look kind of the same and say, hey, I want to get run train on. Shout out to Gabriel, Gabriel and all his bear friends. Yeah. Like just, (laughs) I, I think if this is your goal, I don't think it would be that hard to make it happen and to make sure that everyone was not, I don't want to use the word clean, but that everyone ha- knows their statistics uh, and what STIs they have. Yeah, beforehand. I mean, to me, I think, it's, I think it's an idea of like, there are a couple different scenarios in which this could happen. Um, like, you could go to a sex party, you could go to like some like anonymous place, you could go to a club like but you could go to a I think that's where they would have the fear right so that's like option number one and then option number two which is like a lot more work you really have to do exactly what you said you have to like curate it so like you find someone who's maybe interested and maybe they have a boyfriend and they're sort of open and then they have a friend that they fuck around with and so if you like know everyone and like you know like listen you just... I could set you up a real good group right now yeah. what you're gonna need to do <laughs> I just think you know who would be a great person to set this up and they would probably film it for you is Jeremy Lacito. If you <laughs> contact at Jeremy Lacito, stop he'll set you up a lovely little fuck chain. I just think I think the more you communicate it, then you'll feel more comfortable. And then being a person like like I, I, I get pretty hoish from time to time. And like mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. for many years Every time I got my little STD check, I never had anything. And I was like, this is wild, but all right. And then in the past couple of years, I have gotten a little uh, a little friendly uh, uh, infection every once in a while. And like, which ones? Know, it sucks. Gonorrhea. Yes. Hepatitis. No, not that one. I got the uh, vaccine. But it sucks. Uh, but you just you you take the pills and the you're one? responsible and you let the people know who maybe gave it to you or maybe you gave it to them and and then you keep it pushing fish like it's not it's not the end of the world to get an STI um obviously it's not the goal and so i think being responsible and communicative is like the best thing yeah but i think this fantasy is totally achievable oh i think it's easier than you think don't don't question it you know yeah also, I mean, the more STIs you get, the more comfortable you get getting them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get getting them. Yeah, baby. Uh, All right. That's well, it. this has been such a lovely episode. Is there anything else? Are we not going to do a fuck talk? No. All right. Well, thank y'all for coming in and listening and welcoming yourselves in. I hope we can walk you on out. Thank you so much for listening welcome to Sloppy in. Seconds. And when you say we welcome want in. your suggestions for food breaks, so send us things we should eat. Don't do that. Re- Miss Rona gotcha. You can follow us. 
you can follow our Instagram at sloppy pod, or you can send us an email at sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com or call with a fun fuck talk story to the number 213-536-9180 or 1-800-WICKED. You can and keep look those at- advice, uh, uh, advices, advice requests coming in because I think we're going to try to answer a few questions every week. Uh, and you know, we're just going to keep things spicy. Keep it, keep, keep you guessing. We're going to, yeah, we're doing a radio play next week and it's all, (laughs) it's, I'm playing three characters and it's a murder mystery. Anyway, follow Dipper at Big Dipper Jelly on Instagram and everything. And I'm at Spiciest Meatball on Instagram and Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And Fat, what are you He's writing it as I'm doing. We gotta go. Don't forget to subscribe. You know we love it. We never ask you to, but leave a review too. Oh yeah, rate and review. Rate and review. We never do this. You leave a funny review. I'll read it. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's your plan. This quarantine's gonna kill me. Doo doo doo. Forever dog. Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball is a Forever Dog podcast. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our logo art was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. Forever. <laughs>